You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. How we doing? Good, good. Who's your starting quarterback? <laughs> it's uh, either Dylan Morris, Mike Penix, or Sam Heard. Okay. <laughs> How do you approach that kind of competition when you've got three guys that are kind of on an even playing field? Is it just even reps that you go, or just how do you kind of run that from when you're just getting everyone equal footing? Yeah, I think you, you kind of hit the nail on the head there. Is you got to try to create the most equal environment that you can and see who really rises to the top. And that doesn't mean just reps. It means opportunities in scheme, opportunities in field position. Um, so there's a lot of thought that goes into it. Just, on that note, just how important is it to simulate game-like conditions? Because you're not going to have that measurement. Correct. How important is that because of coaching staff? Yeah, I think you know what you try to really emphasize is probably a little bit more on the decision-making side of things. Um, the playmaker ability, I think there's something to that that you have to really try to recognize um, what they're doing before the whistle is blown and, and them not being live makes that situation a little bit more tough. But really, how does a guy you know operate day-to-day? -day? And then the consistency piece, I think, will add up for sure. Have you been surprised at all by the stockpile of talent at any certain position areas? And when I ask that, I mean, you have seven scholarship running backs and maybe three different full lines of offensive linemen. Yeah, I'd say uh, I don't know if I was uh, like surprised necessarily by any uh, particular position group. Um, maybe potentially the offensive line. Um, I think there's as much talent in that room as, as anywhere in the football team. Um, and I know that there was a lot of talk of that going into last season and a lot of expectations put on that room. Um, but, you know, just looking at the guys move around and watching them at workouts and things like that, I, I feel uh, very confident that those guys can be able to get it done. How do you think quarterbacks from a leadership perspective, just kind of with the conditioning and how each of them approaches it? How do you think each of them as they approach Very similar. Um, three guys, very similar approaches. Uh, they're, they're working on kind of growing into their own spot. I think that that potentially, you know, can be an awkward position for guys. Uh, but, you know, you got to take that head on and let them grow into naturally who they are. Um, I think Dylan and Mike are wired very much the same, pretty calm guys, which is, is a good trait uh, for quarterbacks, just trying to get that next step of them motivating their teammates. And I think all three of those guys, I thought Sam showed some flashes of that during winter, and, and uh, I think they're all growing into that every day, actually. Ryan, how much have you had to work on culture since you guys got here? Well, I think uh, quite a bit. You know, I mean, I think anytime you have a group of young men that are coming off a four and eight season, I don't know if it's necessarily particular to Washington, but I think anytime you're in a position like that, I think guys are looking for answers. You know, and um, I think the best part for us, what I've recognized since I've been here, is that the guys want the culture to be great. And, and I'm not saying that because I'm in an interview. I, I, I truly believe that. I think that. You know, my impression of the guys very early on was um, they're prideful of what this place is. 
and what it's done in the past and the type of program and the expectations that are put on this program. So they want to rectify that situation as quickly as possible. So I think Coach Shabor, I don't think I know that's one of the specialties that Kalen has is that, you know, building culture is a non-negotiable for what we have to do. Brian, you mentioned that the offensive line has as much talent as any you know, position on the team. Obviously, the performance last year didn't always show that. I'm wondering, what can you do offensively to maximize the talent that you see in that group? Yeah, it's a good question. You know, I think that one of the things that our offense does um, just by concept is, is I think we stretch the field. And we're hoping to maybe alleviate some of the pressure that those guys had up front and maybe utilize some of the weapons on the outside a little bit more. Coach, you've been here for a little bit, but this is a totally new offense to Dylan and um, Sam. How do you install the offense when you're such limited access to these guys? Is it handing them a playbook? Is it an iPad? How does that process work to get them to be able to get to the first practice? Yeah. What's going on? So there's been a, um, a pretty particular order and a system that we've used for quite a few years now as far as the installation process. And um, I think at the, the deepest root of being a coach, you know, you're an educator, number one. Um, if they don't know the system um, and they don't have confidence in the system, you don't have a chance. And so we try to make that very regimented as far as winter into spring, spring into summer, summer into fall camp. And that system is uh, – it's not an entire playbook at once. It's a building process. So, you know, we like to think of it as laying bricks, lay one brick, put another one on top of the other. I don't think it's necessarily unique. Um, I think that the adherence to the system is what's unique. And so the teaching standpoint for the guys is, you know, really the measuring point or the barometer for the whole offense is we really put a lot of weight on the tangible stats that we get from practice every day, one of those being mental errors. So if there's too many mental busts, you got to tailor back the install. And then it becomes a system where the kids get hungry, right? They, you tell them, hey, we can't go forward until we get this done. And then they feel like they're limiting the team by not being able to get that done. And they they get going a little faster and you can build a little bit faster. But the, the guys, I think that they're still, I mean, they ran inside zone here last year. Um, they ran play action pass. You know, there's, it's not completely, you know, foreign to them. I think some of the tempo things and things like that will be um, a challenge for them to get mastered quickly, but, but we'll get there. And a guy like Michael, he's been in this offense before. How far ahead would he be of Dylan and Sam just in knowledge of the offense? Yeah, Mike is, is you know, for sure day one. Um, you know, definitely had the upper hand in that situation. Has played in the system um, for a number of years. So even just terminology, verbiage, the easy things like that, you know, Mike had a pretty good handle on right out the gate. But my hat's off to Demo and, and Sam. They have, have quickly made up that ground over the winter and are very familiar already. So there's, there's a lot of miles in between reading it in a book and being able to do it out on the field. But uh, I've been impressed with how hard those guys have worked so far. Ryan, what has led to Michael Penix's injuries the last few years? Is it just crappy luck? Is it approach, workout, something? I mean, have you noticed anything that you can try to rectify that would give you a better chance of keeping him healthy for a full year? That's a good question. You know, I think that we've done a good job between Coach McKeefrey and, and Darren trying to really assess that and, and go all in on just what we know. So we treated it as a factual situation where we had Coach Sheridan 
and Coach DeBoer that were around Michael, you know, at those particular times and and try to think about, all right, what is it that led to this? And there definitely was an element of bad luck. Uh, you know, injuries happen and and for Mike, you know, that, that absolutely has been a piece. But now all we can really do is focus on understanding the past and what has happened and work forward to figuring out, okay, what is it that gives us our best chance to keep him healthy? And, and I know Mike and our training staff are working hard at that. Does he, does he start spring as like position A just because of experience? Uh, no, those three guys are all, uh, you'll see them in equal reps, um, like identical reps between the ones and twos um, split up for the first four practices. And um, yeah, there'll be no difference in those three guys. With whoever, whomever ends up being the guy at the end of the day, how much of a runway do they need to have before the start of the season to be the guy, run the offense and get up to speed before um, I, I think that that can be, you know, contingent on, on field between Coach DeBoer and I. I know we had the same situation in 2020. Um, uh, Jay Kaner, our, our quarterback who ended up starting, he won a quarterback battle in, in that fall camp. Um, we obviously didn't have a, a spring ball that year, but we had a camp, and we really felt like we needed to get uh, before the last scrimmage you know, really have identified who that starter was. And, you know, other than that, I think that you, you hope that it sorts itself out a little bit better than that. But, I, I mean, if it hasn't sorted itself out and it's even levels going into the summer, that's that's not a problem. We've done that multiple times. And, and if we have to continue to build over the summer and into fall camp, we can do that again. But as far as the leadership piece, you would hope some of that can iron itself out so that you have a little bit different dynamic in the summer. But... Um, I wouldn't expect, you know, naming a starter in the spring would be necessary. You know, we don't have to do that. Right. I'm curious, you know, when you take this job, you look at the film of last season offensively, who are the guys that jumped out where you saw immediately, okay, this guy needs to be involved in what we do? Uh, Jalen McMillan, you know, Rome Adunze, obviously. Um, Polk had limited reps, but saw a lot of promise. Some of that was actually practice film and fall camp film. Um, those are three guys that stand out. And then I think Westy and, and Culp were two guys that for tight ends, you know, I know they didn't get a, uh, a ton of reps, obviously, with Ott until he got hurt. And uh, uh, But those guys are wildly athletic for tight ends. Um, if they can become factors in the run game, I think those guys can be difference makers. And, and uh, I, think, I think it really starts with those guys. I think there's, um, I think there's a lot of unproven – um, situations in the running back room. I think we got a lot of work to do in there. When you mention all those names, does it excite you about the explosive potential of this team? Oh, yeah, for sure. I think that the the three guys, the first three guys I mentioned for sure, I think uh, match our system, you know, and, and that's one of the things that, you know, it kind of starts with you have the ability um, or the right guys to be able to do that, to stretch a, a defense vertically. You know, I can think of, situations in the past where Kayla and I went into things where we didn't have those type of players, where you really weren't able to threaten a defense vertically. And now, you know, it can get a little bit more tricky. Now you got to be a little bit more creative on ways to spit the football on the outside and create a little bit more horizontal stress. Brian, with the running backs, there seems to be a shift in football going towards more of a two-man kind of approach. And I, I, I wonder if that's kind of where your head's at, or do you feel like you can find a guy to give you 200-plus carries a year? Uh, you know, I, I would say in our past, uh, you know, we have definitely sided towards the two-back system. And, 
you know, at Fresno, we had two really special guys that, that played. Um, and honestly, we were very fortunate where um, Ronnie Rivers and Jordan Mims had stayed healthy at the right times, meaning one would get hurt and the other one would step up. And we were really fortunate in that situation to be able to have guys. And I've just seen, you know, that running back position is very difficult. It's a very demanding position. It's very physical. And so I think the reality of, you know, taking care of guys and making sure that you can get them um, to the next game is is super important. So keeping the tread off the tread on the tires, I think, is is critical. Brian, when you, when you look at the totality of what you have personnel-wise and what you guys like to do, what, what do you think is going to be the strength of this offense? How would you define that? Obviously, having not seen a practice or, or experience a practice at this point. Yeah, that's a, that's a tough one to project right now. But uh, based on film, I do think, like I mentioned, I think the receivers fit our system. I think we got the right kind of guys, and there's a good balance in that room as far as, you know, the guys that can take the top end off of uh, coverage, a guy like Rome, um, Jalen McMillan that can play inside and outside, and then uh, a real refined route runner like uh, JP, like Polk. Um, so I think those three guys, and then guys like Taj, and then you see Giles. I think Giles is one guy that – has really impressed me through workouts on some of his versatility and his ability to change direction. You know, I kind of came in, uh, you know, thinking that maybe he was more of a kick returner guy, but I've been very impressed with what I've seen with him so far. So I think there's a lot of ways you can use a guy like that. Or maybe one or two things that surprised you about being in this program now you've been here a little bit or about the roster that maybe you had no idea about? Um, maybe surprised by, you know, I thought we'd have more depth at the running back position, honestly. Um, just guys that, you know, I know they graduated two seniors last year. Um, just thought that would be, you know, a little stronger at this point. So those guys, you know, a CD and, and Richard out with injuries right now, that's probably part of it is those are your two most experienced guys. Um, but I don't think there's been, you know, a ton of surprises other than the, probably the biggest one I mentioned already was the depth at the offensive line, I think is, is pretty impressive. Cam, Cam and Richard are both out. They're out for spring. Yep, they're recovering. They're doing a great job. They'll be back full speed for camp and everything, but they'll they won't practice this spring ball. Question about a guy that I just keep on hearing things about. And we haven't had a chance to meet with him yet, but you know the people we've talked to just rave reviews about your strength and conditioning coach. Can you tell us a little bit about him? Yeah, Ronnie's awesome. Yeah, Mac is. Uh, um, yeah, he's known him for a while. I think one of the big things about Ronnie is that he can motivate a kid from the middle of nowhere, Iowa, and, and downtown Seattle the exact same way. And so his ability to relate to kids is as important as his programming. And so I think, you know, when you asked earlier about culture, um, I know that that was a huge piece for Coach DeBoer is, is getting Ronnie here because he's going to be a, a huge influencer of the culture. Um, those guys obviously spend a lot of time, but um, I, I think that, you know, he, he believes in the kids and the kids believe in him, and, and that's, you know, square one. Coach, just to confirm on Newton James, they both will be back by Paul Camp. Yeah. Is that correct? Yep. Okay. Anybody else out for a spring ball? Uh, no. Nope. Those would be the two guys. How's your center competition uh, playing out, and, and did anybody else make a radical move like Ali going to defense or? One of your offensive linemen moving somewhere? Uh, no, nobody, nobody like MJ. He was the only one to make a, a full-scale move like that. But there's going to be some guys that, that I know Coach Huff is excited to try out at that, that center position. Um, I think Hatchet 
will be a guy that will factor into that. And obviously, Corey Luciano um, has done a really good job, been a really vocal leader over workouts and things like that. Been impressed with his his ability so far. I think he starts with those guys, and Miles um, will obviously get some reps as well. Hey, Ryan, going back to what you said, with the limited uh, depth in running back position, what opportunities have played for others, and how do you navigate that? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, well, it can be kind of fun sometimes, right? Like all of a sudden, Giles could end up in the backfield, find ways to just get get different structures out there, and um, also see if you got any depth. You know, uh, one guy uh, to your question earlier there, um, Camden Sermon did move to running back, um, and he's a guy that provides a little bit different. I know they used him for a wildcat type of install in that Washington State game, but he's been a guy that's really bright, tough, physical. You know, over 200 pounds, and so we feel like he's a guy that maybe can, you know, give it a go during spring and see how he looks at, at tailback full time. So you get opportunities like that, um, and then also being creative with some other skilled players. Who you're expecting to see at left tackle? Kind of who are some guys you want to run out of left tackle? Yep. Um, I think Troy. Troy's going to look pretty good out there. I think he, he'll rep quite a bit. Um, I think Roger Rosengarten can play um, left and right. You know, I think it, it starts with those guys. Has there been determination on Jackson Kirkland, or is he still waiting? He's still waiting. There's nothing final on that. Yep, nothing final on that yet. What is it about Roger that allowed him to play two opposite sides of the line? How does he just you know, I think it, it starts with athleticism. I think he's a guy that, that moves really well. And, you know, when you, when he can flex in and out of a left and right handed stance, you can see those guys pretty quickly. If there's somebody that's been set their entire career at one spot, you get them in one pass set, you can tell pretty quickly whether they can or can't. Coach, when we see you out of the field coaching, is there one position that you tend to gravitate towards more than another, like offensive line, quarterbacks? Or Quarterback. Yep. I'll be in their hip pocket. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. So you're going to call the defense, right? Yes, sir. Talk about why two co-DCs. What's the purpose behind that? Well, I think that's something for Coach DeBoer to answer. But obviously, you know, um, you know, Coach Inge is a, a great partner and, and does a fantastic job. And, and both he and I have a, an unbelievable relationship. And so, uh, you know, it's really been – we've been working hand-in-hand hand as we've been developing the defense here. And, and uh, so far it's been going great. What's the biggest difference between what we saw last year with the Husky defense compared to what you're going to put in? Well, there's quite a few changes. Um, obviously, structurally, we're doing some things that are a little bit differently. Uh, we'll be very driven in terms of being a pressure-oriented defense and really being in an attack mode. Um, and so I think that'll be one of the primary differences that'll be out there. And, you know, the great thing is we've got some great pieces with some experience coming back, especially in the back half at the safety position where we can count on some guys to, to get us into some different pictures. I think one of the biggest things these days where the rules have really kind of leaned a little bit towards the offense, you know, schematically, you got to be able to show a lot of a a lot of different, uh, you know, a lot of different moving pieces out there in order to keep offenses off schedule. 
What would be the most noticeable difference when we see them line up, per se? Well, we're going to be in a four down front, I guess. So that would be the first one. I think they're obviously primarily being in an odd structure here the last several years. And so we'll be in a little more of a balanced, uh, even front. And that'll be kind of our number one defensive front that we'll be coming out of. Chuck, do you have the players that you need here, you think, to stop the run consistently? And, and what do you specifically need to do? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think, you know, first of all, you know, it's going to rely on the guys up front and everything starts up front. So, you know, it's nice having some guys back that have some experience. Great getting ZTF back. It's, you know, you've got Jeremiah Martin, Braylon Trice has had a great offseason here for us. Um, Thule in the middle has got some great experience. And then obviously taking a guy from the other side of the ball like MJ. I mean, MJ's a massive humanity. Uh, there's no doubt you stick him in an A-gap and we know he's going to be able to hold it down in there, so we're really excited about transitioning him to the other side of the ball. Just really, I mean, got great flexibility. Um, he's got some tremendous athleticism and, and really savvy, you know, in terms of his ability to, to come off the edge and, and be able to impact the quarterback. And as much as it is about getting quarterback sacks these days, it's about getting the quarterback off their spot and messing with their timing quite a bit. And I think he's a guy who can win uh, in the pass rush game on a pretty, pretty regular basis. And that's going to be an asset to our guys that are covering down the field. John, do you have any thoughts on watching the tape last year? What led to these massive rushing you know, I, you know, and I told this to the guys day one when I came in here. I'm not, I'm not here to evaluate anything previously. I mean, we've evaluated the guys uh, and their talent levels, but you know, one thing I know for sure in this business, 25 years in, and that everybody that sits in these roles works their tails off, and sometimes things don't go go correctly. So, you know, there's there's certain things we got to do, um, you know, gap wise to shore up our our run defense. But at the same standpoint, I'm never going to put myself in a position to criticize what what's been done before me. On the topic of, of ZTF, you know, a couple of years ago when he had all that success, he was listed here as, as 280. I know he's 241 right now, officially. Do you think he's in a good place physically to do what he needs to do, or just how? Would you yeah, do? well, no, I think he's. I, I mean, I think it's been obviously the recovery process, especially with his type of injury, is something that's always a concern, right? I mean, it's one of those injuries that takes a long time to come back from, and so uh, just seeing him in the winter training and the winter conditioning, um, he looks great. You know, he's he's got great twitch to him. Um, he's being ex become explosive, and and sometimes being explosive after that type of an injury is is certainly an issue. And um, so far, I think he's doing a great job for us. Coach, the last several years of strength of the defensive has been the defensive secondary. How much different is it what you're teaching in scheme running, or right. is it basically the same as they were doing before, and how much of that? Well, there's, I mean, now there's, there's the alphabet of, of coverages out there, right? I mean, there's every sort of coverage concepts that, that's out there. And, and we'll certainly have bring forward some different coverage concepts. But, you know, there's no doubt that uh, the system is driven by the back half and the system that we'll be running is driven by the back half. And that's, you know, something we obviously did at Fresno, had a, had a great player, you know, first team all-conference player in Evan Williams that, that, you know, led our team in tackles a year ago. I certainly expect guys like, uh, you know, Alexander Cook and Asa Turner. And there's a lot of guys back there that have some great experience that are going to be impact players. We've got to have them around the ball. Uh, as much as possible. Three months in, how long do you think, I mean, kind of like based on the timeline you kind of thought of going in, you know, installing your culture and like yeah. scheme and all that, like are there some things that have been faster or 
I think I think the true blessing, um, you know, coming in here is is, uh, is some some veteran guys with some really really strong football IQ, uh, and that's exciting. I think we walk in and we can start start out day one. I mean, we always start with a football. Here's a football. I mean, you just start out with the basics, and you find you find out pretty quickly, especially with some of the older guys, that we can advance pretty quickly. And and so I think that's a that's a net benefit that these guys are are thirsty for knowledge. They're they're starving. Uh, they've got the right mind mentality and you can start out talking advanced football with them early in the process so I would say definitely what I had walked in here in terms of expectation wise and where we're at today I feel like we're ahead of the game Chuck you obviously had quite a history with Kalen and I, I read something that you said when you left Montana Tech about there's only a couple people that you leave there to work for and he's one of them I'm wondering what is it about him that makes you want to, to follow him and stay on staff with him try to get me to cry during a press conference here <laughs> uh you know just the the culture and the character of who he is um i think when you're in this profession and in a lot of people you guys have been around it obviously reporting on it for a while i mean it's a, it's a it's a challenging profession and i think what's really important when you find out when you get further in your career and i'm like i said i'm almost a quarter century into the business now it's really about because we spend an incredible and incredible amount of time together it's really about enjoying the people that you work for that have shared ideals shared beliefs um, shared culture and and those things become more important that to you than anything else that you, that that's then the job the location uh, where it's at it's more about who it's with and um, obviously known Kalen for you know going on close to 30 years now and and he's represented all those things at the top end of the spectrum and uh, our beliefs are very much aligned. And so, you know, when I got an opportunity to come back and work with him again, it, for me, it's, it was a no-brainer just because of my comfort level and the person and how he's going to operate a program. And I think, you know, there's really decisions to be made these days about how you're going to operate a, a program. And, and I know he's going to do it first class the whole way, and that's something that I want to be involved with. Yeah, well, I think you look across our staff. I mean, it's, it's incredible. Um, the relationships that are there and you know it's just instantaneous trust when you've been with somebody whether it's at a previous stop or if it was years ago that you work with them or you know even some friendships that were formed here uh, while we we're at Fresno I can look at every guy that's in that full-time staff room and know that I trust them uh, that's for me personally and I think that's reciprocated across the board and I think that allows you to um, be your best on uh, you know when you're installing systems or, or developing culture or on game day when you've got that implicit uh, trust with the guys that you're surrounded by. Uh, I, I think it just, I, I think it's one of those things that uh, allows you to, you know, be a part of something that's bigger than yourself and, and it allows you to be very successful. What does that do to the football? The kids, the young men, when they see that the staff is genuinely has integrity and trust, mm -hmm. what does that do? Well, that's got to, I think that's part of the culture piece that trickles down to them. And I think, you know, that's always something that, you know, we're pressing on those guys every day um, and buying into each other and trusting one another and trusting the coaches and trusting the strength staff. And there's so many things where you could put the word trust at the beginning of the sentence and say that's a critical component to any successful college football team. And I think when you can display that to, to these young men that, that we trust each other, uh, it's gonna give them belief in us and it's gonna give them in belief in each other, which is which is paramount to being to being able to get W's. Jeff, you have three really good inside linebackers. Uh, in trying to figure out what you're gonna do with your alignment 
Could those three guys be on the field at the same time? Yeah, absolutely. I think if you're if you're not in the mode these days of being able to sub package and, and being exotics on third down, I mean, I think you're crazy. You got to be able to do those things. Um, so, you know, I think it's our job once we can get the offense, you know, if we can get them off schedule or we can get them into third and long scenarios, we've got to put as, as many athletes on the field as possible. And so I think you'll find guys that will end up, you know, um, they all may be playing a little different position than they normally would in our base package when it gets to gets to some third down scenarios. How important was it getting a guy like Cam Bright in here who's got starting experience, team captain? How important was that and how has he integrated himself into the defense of guys that he's only been with for a couple months now? Yeah, well, he's actually been here for two days. So he's just starting with us here. So I don't have a lot of answers for you, but we're excited about him. Um, obviously played at an extremely high level. Uh, I know he's got uh, fantastic football IQ, very intelligent, um, and has a lot of snaps under his belt. So, you know, obviously it's going to take him a little time. He's coming in at the start of the quarter here, and he's got to get involved with the system and figuring it out. But that's the great piece for him being here now is he's got an opportunity to learn, you know, cut down that learning curve here during spring practice. Chuck, I've been noticing that Coach DeVore has been interacting with a lot of alums on his Twitter. And I, sorry, I haven't stalked your Twitter account yet, so I have no idea what you've been putting on Twitter. But have you had a chance to meet up and interact with ex-players, alums. Yeah, I mean, what's been really cool, I mean, it seems like, you know, uh, almost on a daily basis, there's guys coming in the building, and I think you just sense the, man, you just sense the pride, uh, which is really cool because when you got alumni that bleed the colors, really believe in the place, you know, it's our responsibility to, to, to carry the torch forward. And when you hear from those guys, it really puts it in your heart that you've got to do everything you can do to continue to make them proud of their alma mater. And so I think that's uh, something that Kalen and Coach DeBoer has believed in a long time, is involved in the alumni, and, and uh, it's great having them around. What are your memories of, you mentioned 25 years now in the business, what are your memories of the early days the Whoa. of these guys? Shoot, man. Um, of the staff? This the team, the program in general. The program? 25 of oh, this team right now of oh, this team right now um not 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 the kids when they were like five years old i mean like right talking about the history of the program the history of washington football yeah well obviously it's it's got um you know it's just a it's a blue blood program and um you know just just even when i can think about coming out of uh you know about the time i was coming out of high school was when uh obviously they uh were in the national championship game and and obviously they were the biggest biggest ticket anywhere in the country and that was probably my formative formative years of you know really embracing college football and and to see see that uh, success sustained over a long period of time i think that's probably what what gets lost at times is how difficult it is to to sustain success over you know generations of players um and so you know it's exciting to be a part of that now you've got two you know former quarterbacks who are about to be drafted in the first or second day of the draft I'm wondering how much you think you have left at that position important. Well, there's some young talent. So that's, you know, it's going to be an untested spot for us a little bit. But I think there's also talent in the room. I think some of those guys have had fantastic um, off-season training segments here. You know, I think Mish Powell, um, you know, stuck out right away. Obviously, Coach DeBoer put him on scholarship first day in the building. And, and he's been very productive, had some productive run last year. And, uh, man, he hasn't, he hasn't looked back. I think he's been uh, definitely one of those guys that's been a leader uh, for that group 
group. I think Elijah Jackson um, has tremendous upside, and he's hungry, young player uh, that's willing to get after it. And then, you know, Jordan Perryman's come in and transferred, you know, grad transferred in for us and uh, very experienced and, and, you know, probably right now strength-wise and speed-wise, one of our pound-for-pound strongest and fastest players on the defensive side of the ball. So uh, I hate to leave anybody out, but that's a competitive group there right now, And, and it is young, though. Where are the strongest competitions right now? I mean, if I'm going to look at one or two, I know you're going to say all, but yeah. maybe one or two to focus on where you're just... Yeah, I think, well, I think the one we just talked about, I think corner, I think it's a, that's a, a big-time competition. And you got a lot of guys that have been brought up in a, in a, in a obviously in a DB culture that they know how, the, how to work, and, and here they're going to get their opportunity coming up this spring. So I'd say that one uh, for sure. And then I think, you know, we certainly got to sort out some stuff uh, you know, on the interior defensive line right now with some, some young guys that uh, will get some chances here coming up this spring, obviously moving MJ into that picture over there. So there'll be some, some stiff competition there as well. Anybody going to miss spring ball? Coach Brett mentioned a couple of ring backs that are out for him. Yeah, I think Coach, Kale, or I think Coach DeBoer is talking, talking about the injury stuff, update stuff coming up here. Any, uh, any other big position changes uh, on your defensive side? Uh, no, not really. Nope. All right. All right. Thank Thanks, guys. Yep. Thanks, guys.